This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show. It is of course Dave Statman Robert. Yay! Dave, hello. Hello Natalie, hello listeners. Back so soon after a very short break between previous shows this week because of course we've got a midweek fixture so we're back on the airwaves again. Our listeners will be... Treated to some delights, won't they, having us again twice in one week? They're coming thick and fast, yeah. Obviously, uh, midweek game. Liverpool should have been Saturday originally. Leeds should have been the previous Tuesday. All the games from this weekend have been moved into midweek, so we can have some fans there for both of the last two games, home and away. Well, the home fans were there for the home game. We won't have any away fans at uh, at Sheffield United. But yes, we've got something to look forward to on uh, on Wednesday evening, or at least some of us do. We do, and Dave, I am very excited to announce that both of us will be there, won't we? We're going to do some recordings, I think, aren't we? Of we, the, are. Uh, we are. Of that? I think so. Mm. I think that's exciting. Um, actually, it turned out that the odds were, were pretty nice anyway at the end of it, weren't they? It didn't work out it being just under or just over 3-1, to one, did it? It ended up being probably about a 70% chance of of getting through actually in the end wasn't it because of uh, only about 5,000 fans applied apparently so yeah I think there was about 10,000 10, who were eligible about so yeah. around 10,000 were eligible and then obviously with it being midweek people coming from distance away or didn't want to um, go um, then yeah the numbers who applied were were lower so um, yeah it's the, the odds were stacked slightly better in the favour of those who did uh, did apply yeah, definitely. Um, have you recovered after the weekend's fixture yet, Dave? That was a little bit painful. Um, it was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Leeds doing the double over us, and certainly the, the manner they did it with the uh, goals in the second half. I mean, the, the score line perhaps wasn't a true reflection of the game in terms of the chances Burnley had. I mean, we had a really good chance, didn't we, where uh, Matty Vidra went through and, well, it's kind of a good save. It, was, it flicked off uh, 
uh, Melier's uh, leg didn't it went out for a corner. If that had gone in early in the second half, that might have been a different game. But yeah. uh, Leeds were very clinical. I think that was the difference between the two teams. They were very clinical in the final third, and uh, Burnley unfortunately weren't. Yeah, I mean it's a bit difficult, really, because I don't think I'm going to be too hard on them in that the job's been done. They've put in a phenomenal amount of work this season, so I, I you know, I forgive them um, being able to just sit and have a bit of a a chill <laughs> because you know why wouldn't why wouldn't we give them that opportunity? Um, but yeah, it's always disappointing to have such a heavy defeat, especially when they're a side that didn't have anything to play for either. It just feels a bit like you wanted to to have a bit of a, a bit of freedom performance, didn't we? But was not to be. But on to the next one, and we've got another tricky fixture coming up this midweek as well, which is going to probably end up being quite painful as well. But before we get on to that, Dave, we have of course got a quiz question that we need to. Um, reveal an answer for. Now, the end of the last preview show, which was, of course, Leeds United at home, we posed this quiz question, which was, Sean Dyche has been manager for three Burnley home wins over Leeds United in the Championship at Turf Moor. Scott Arfield um, scored the winning goal in two of these games, but which Burnley player scored the winner in the other game? What was the correct answer, Dave? Uh, well, it wasn't Danny Ings, whoever... Guess that, <clears throat> Natalie. Uh, the correct uh, answer was Charlie Austin. Ah, it was Charlie Austin. Was. He, he scored a 1 0 win, you may remember. That was actually Sean Dyche's second game in charge of Burnley, way, way back in November 2012. Seems such a long time ago, but that was the, uh, the other does. winning goal, Charlie Austin. Excellent. Do we have any correct answers this week from our listeners? Uh, we had a few, yes. We had um, Adam Dennett knew the correct answer, as did Adrian Caton, as did John Robertson, and also David Entwistle. So all four of them knew and remembered that it was uh, Charlie Austin. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, of course, we are going to have another quiz question for you to ponder at the end of the show, so do stay tuned. Opposition stats. Um, but in the meantime, Dave, of course, we've got a game that we have to preview. Um, it is, of course, Liverpool at home, Wednesday the 19th of May, quarter past eight, live on Sky Sports, in front of fans at Turf Moor. Dave, why don't you kick us off with um, recent history about this fixture, please? Yeah, well, Liverpool have visited Turf Moor in each of Burnley's six previous Premier League seasons. And apart from one Burnley victory, that was in the 2016-17 season, which we will be highlighting in a little more detail very soon, all of the other five games have ended in victory for the visitors from Merseyside. Uh, for every other match this season, we've followed our recent history section by picking out a particular highlight and a lowlight. From this occasion, rather than doing that, we're just going to run through the defeats in the Premier League era instead of having a specific lowlight. Ooh. Highlights and lowlights. So starting with those recent defeats... Um, it was 4-0 to the visitors when they came to Turf Moor in our first Premier League campaign. Uh, match was 0-0 at half-time, but uh, the floodgates opened in the second half. Uh, Liverpool uh, scored four. Steven Gerrard got a couple. Um, and this confirmed our relegation back to the Championship in April 2010. It's been on the cards for a while, but the uh, defeat against Liverpool confirmed it. Um, however, when we next got a chance, that was in the 2014-15 season, the scoreline was a lot closer. Uh, that match took place on Boxing Day 2014, and it took a Raheem Sterling goal, probably against a run of play, to give the visitors the narrowest of wins. 
Uh, next up was Burnley's win in 2016-17, but that was followed by another run of three home defeats in the last three seasons. Uh, the margin of victories increased in each of those three most recent defeats, going from a 2-1 defeat, then 3-1, and then it was 3-0 in the corresponding fixture last season. Excellent. Well, why don't you move us on to that highlight and lowlight section then, Dave? And um, Well, it's going to be just a highlight then, I guess. It is, yeah, and the highlight picked itself in some ways, really. Um, the second half of the 2015-16 season saw Burnley go 23 undefeated on the way to the championship title. Um, although this run uh, ended and came to a, a very abrupt end, really, um, after a defeat to Swansea City on the opening day of the 2016-17 Premier League season at Turf Moor, um, our second Premier League game of that season was also at home, as we'd agreed to switch it from Anfield due to ground development work there, which had overrun. Um, and what a match at Turf Moor it proved to be. An early opener from Sam Vokes after just two minutes was followed up by another goal before half-time from Andre Gray, and Burnley held on to this lead to ensure a memorable victory. Uh, despite Liverpool racking up just over 80% of the possession, they were restricted mainly to long-range pot shots, most of them from the wayward Philippe Coutinho, who seemed to be able to send the ball way high into the stands from wherever he decided to shoot. Uh, for a bright moment among several recent disappointments at home against Liverpool, this was certainly a recent highlight for Burnley fans. Excellent indeed, it was. Fixture flashback! Well, let's move on then, Dave, to our first of our... Well, we're getting towards the end of the season now. Our first of our new features for the second half of the season, which is, of course, the fixture flashback which is, of course, our listeners' chance to get involved on the previous show each week. Dave, take it away. Do we have anybody this week? What's going on? Uh, we have, yes. We do have another recording for you, and here it is. For the last home game of the season, I've chosen a Boxing Day cracker from 1973. At the time, both Burnley and Liverpool were hot on the heels of league leaders Leeds United, so a close game was expected. The Clarets started brightly and a trademark Leighton James Cross gave Paul Fletcher the chance to put Burnley ahead and beating Ray Clements with a great header. That's how it stayed up to half time, but after the interval Liverpool took control with the outstanding Kevin Keegan giving the Burnley defence a torrid time. Eventually Keegan won himself a penalty, but in his haste to take it he placed the ball wide of the goal. Undeterred, the Reds finally equalised five minutes from the end. But from the resulting kickoff, the Clarets created a rare chance of their own. The ball fell invitingly to Ray Hankin, just six yards from goal. We, in the long side, craned our necks towards the cricket field end in anticipation. But Hankin completely mishit the ball, and it bobbled slowly forwards. However, Clements was wrong-footed, and a defender tried to make a desperate goal-line clearance. I never actually saw the ball hit the back of the net, but the roar around the stadium told me all I needed to know. And thanks again to Jan for his memory of a fantastic Burnley win from the 1970s. Um, a repeat of that on Wednesday evening will be very welcome indeed. Uh, this season, we've been able to bring you a preview show for every single Premier League game. Uh, quite an achievement, I think. Uh, so that just leaves us with one more game we've got left to preview, and that's our trip to play the already relegated Sheffield United 
at Bramall Lane. So if you have any memories of this fixture from years past, then please get in touch to ensure that your contribution can be heard. Uh, you can direct messages on Twitter, that's at never, or send an email uh, to podcast at nonanever.net. And, and although we're more than happy to read out written submissions, we do enjoy hearing the recordings. Uh, we've mentioned it several times, but the easiest website to use to record your thoughts and send us an audio link is vocaroo.com, V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com, which is free to use, no registration required, really easy. And most of the people who've been in touch with us have used that so far this season. So we'd really like to hear one or maybe more uh, for our next match, our last match of the season. We certainly would. It would be very nice if we could sneak one more in there as well. Um, and unfortunately, we did ask this a couple of weeks ago, but Statman Davis decided to get very strict on us and won't let us use the Wembley playoff as a fixture away, even though technically we weren't at Turf more So... But I say, let's ignore Statman Dave. And if you do have a memory of playing Chaffee United at Wembley, then send it in, because that would be very nice too. Heroes and villains. Um, moving on then, Dave, to my favourite section of the preview show, and that is, of course, the heroes and villains section. Um, let's kick us off with who you've picked, please, as our hero. Uh, well, yeah, we've already featured Burnley's most recent home win over Liverpool as our highlight this week, so we're going to have to go back a little bit further in time for our hero for this episode. Um, until recently, our paths haven't met that often over the last 40 years, but during that time, Burnley wins have been relatively rare, and tempting as it was to choose the goal scorer from our FA Cup third round win in 2005, when Reds defender Jimmy Traore put through his own net with a bizarre back-heeled own goal to give Burnley the win, we selected a Burnley player from the 1980s as our hero for this episode. Prior to 2005, that FA Cup win we just mentioned, our next most recent win at Turf Moor was back in 1983. Burnley had travelled to Anfield for the first leg of the Milk Cup semi-final, and despite a couple of really good chances for Derek Scott, the home side took advantage and won the game 3-0, seemingly putting the tie beyond doubt. However, back on home soil, the Clarets put up a good fight and won the second leg 1-0 with Derek Scott scoring the goal. So although he missed a couple of golden chances in the first leg at Anfield, which does have a tendency to be remembered more, Derek Scott is our hero this week for scoring the only goal in the second leg. Good choice for hero, Dave. Like it very much. Uh, well, who have you picked then on the flip side as the villain? Right, well, yes, I think this will be a, a popular one. Uh, when Project Big Picture reared its ugly head last October, the Ming ringleaders, along with the Glazer family, who were Manchester United, were Liverpool's owners, Fenway Sports Group, fronted by co-founder John W. Henry. Although that attempted power grab failed, the equally ludicrous European Super League plan also had the grubby fingerprints of FSG's John W. Henry all over it. We're still waiting to hear confirmation of what action the Premier League will take against those six clubs, but the punishment, either in terms of fines or indeed in addition to other sanctions, should reflect the severity of the reckless actions that were being proposed, even if the backlash from the rest of football ensured that the harebrained scheme never got off the ground. Uh, despite a two-minute video apology from Henry himself, only a fool would believe that this is the end of it and there will be no further attempts to try and increase the power of a handful of clubs at the expense of everyone else. So, for his major role in trying to destroy English football, John W. Henry is our villain this week and if you're fortunate enough to be at Turf Moor on Wednesday evening, then remember to voice your displeasure if he dares to show his face. 
Well said, Dave. Well said. Um, finally, then, who's going to be our referee? Who's who's going to be looking over the game? Uh, we've got Manchester's Chris Kavanagh. Um, he's got the whistle for the match against Liverpool on uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, he's one of the less experienced referees on the select group list. Uh, the first Burnley match he took charge of was the 3-1 away win at Brentford in January 2016. Uh, but for his other 10 Burnley games, they've all been in the Premier League. Uh, as well as being in the middle for our 1-0 win over Sheffield United at Turf Moor at the end of December, he was also in charge of our 1-0 defeat against West Ham United at the London Stadium in January. Um, he's refereed this fixture once before, and that was at the end of August 2019. Uh, that was, uh, well, early on last season, wasn't it? Uh, when Liverpool came to Turf Moor and won 3-0. Uh, in terms of the VAR, Paul Tierney, he's been dispatched to Stockley Park for this game and call me a cynic, but I expect he'll be doing his utmost to defend the decisions of his colleagues at Turf Moor. I shall call you a cynic, but that does not necessarily mean that you are not accurate as well, Dave. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Um, well, I know you're not going to leave it there because I know you like to treat our listeners and there's not that many more opportunities this season to be able to do it. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Okay, well, this week's stat relates to Burnley's recent home form, or should I say, the lack of it. Um, Since coming from behind to beat Aston Villa 3-2 back in January, we've played nine Premier League games at Turf Moor without a single victory. Uh, A defeat to Manchester City at Turf Moor at the start of February was followed by a run of five consecutive home draws. But since then, Newcastle, West Ham and Leeds have all come away from Turf Moor with all three points, leaving us with an unenviable run of home results. Uh, Looking back for similar poor runs, even our run of 18 league matches without a win in 2006-07 only included seven home games and 11 away games. Uh, Back in 1998-99, that was Stan Turnant's first season in charge, uh, we endured a similar nine-match run at home without a win in the league between December 1998 and March 1999, before a 4-3 win over Macclesfield Town broke the streak. Uh, Prior to this season, the worst home run without a home victory in the top flight was eight, which happened in the 1970-71 season and ended in relegation. Uh, But this has been no normal season, and even Liverpool suffered six consecutive home defeats in the league after being unbeaten in their previous 68 home league games at Anfield. Uh, Much has been made of the lack of supporters at matches this season, and so hopefully... The 3,500 Burnley fans at Turf Moor this Wednesday can inspire the team to a much-needed home win, which would also ensure a first league double over Liverpool since 1929-30 season. That is a good stat of the week. Very good, Dave. I can't believe we're coming to the end of the season and we've given you so many stats and things, but I can't believe we're nearly there. Well, before Dave and I give our thoughts ahead of that Liverpool game at the week at the weekend, nope, midweek, um, we do have an opposition view for you. We spoke to Henry Jackson from This Is Anfield to get his thoughts ahead of the game. Opposition view. It's been a crazy season for Liverpool. I think everyone knows that. When you look back to September and they won their first three games and I think many people thought they would go on to win another league title, then the Van Dijk injury happened and that changed everything. It was the defining moment of the season for me and and it's shown why he's the most influential player in the league. 
On top of that, they've then lost Gomez and Matip, which means they've had to make do without their three best centre-backs for many months, which is almost impossible in terms of a title defence or even a top-four finish. Um, playing that Phillips and Reese Williams there, there's only so much you can do. They're, they're limited as players. And then obviously Fabinho and Henderson have also had to slot in at times. So it's been a disaster of a season in terms of VAR calls also going against them and no fans in stadiums. It does feel a little as though the footballing gods are punishing them for enjoying last season's title success and, and giving them this horrendous season to follow it up. Having said that, there is now a feeling they can salvage it. If they just win their last two games, a top four finish should be secured. Obviously, with Sunday's incredible late win against West Brom, with Alisson's goal probably up there with the most dramatic moments I've ever seen as a Liverpool fan, it's just given them a real a real chance. And I am expecting Burnley and Palace to both give them tough games. I think it's easy to look at it and assume that they've both got nothing to play for, which is true to an extent. But I think certainly in Burnley's case, you look at the game with 3,500 fans back. I think Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes will be licking their lips at the prospect of facing Williams and Phillips because physically I really do think they have the beating of them, especially Williams. Um, so there is still this this feeling that basically the whole season will be defined by this next week. And if they do end up finishing the top four, I think it will be a phenomenal effort by Klopp and the players because... There really was a point a few weeks back when it looked impossible and they've dug deep and somehow kept it alive. And it's now just a case of really getting over the finish line by any means necessary. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think the next two games are going to have nerve-shredding moments just as the West Brom game did. Um, but I do expect them to end up getting over the line and well, securing for me something that would be, at the start of the season, deemed a failure. But because of everything that's happened, it would have to be a success. So... It's not a season that I don't think any Liverpool fan will look back on fondly. It's been horrible and as a, from a fan's perspective, empty stadiums have made for a very sterile style of football and you found yourself switching off from certain games that you would normally watch as a neutral fan. Um, but hopefully back in August that returns to normal and I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing fans back in turf more on Wednesday night. So... Tough one, Dave. Not helped by a last gasp winner that Liverpool Allison did today against West Brom because they've now very much got something to fight for on Wednesday. I I was a little bit disappointed by that, but the current Mr Brom is quite excited about that because he wants to see a game that's got something riding on it. He didn't want a lame duck of a game that's got uh, nothing left to play for, but it's uh, it's going to be a tough ask now on Wednesday with Liverpool knowing that they need to win to be able to get that top four slot. Um, I think it would have been tough anyway. We know that uh, Liverpool have... I mean, they did struggle today a little bit against West Brom, whereas you'd have thought they might have been uh, pushovers. They certainly weren't. Um, and Liverpool's always a, a, a tough game, whether you're home or away. And we know that the home or away difference has made um, less of a difference this season. There's been very little difference between teams' home and away form. So uh, from that perspective, it was always going to be a toughie. Uh, we're coming off the back of a, a heavy defeat and also a poor home run. I'm just hoping and, and putting some hope, really, in the fact that they will have uh, fans there at Turf Moor. Yeah. That might just make a little bit of a difference. I think that we, we want to definitely be uh, the 12th person on, uh, uh, on on Wednesday evening and make sure that we can get behind. I mean, there's only three three and a half thousand of us there. We want to make the noise of 
20,000. So you've got to be six times as loud as you otherwise would be to uh, to make sure we do that. Yeah, definitely. And that that's such a good job, isn't it? You think that the players are going to want to put on a show for the fans. We've not... We've gone 15 months without seeing any live football and this will be our only opportunity in an entire season to see it. So you'd think they'd want to perform for us and give us something to cheer about. Um, with that in mind then, do you think there's any chance that we can get anything from this game? Do you want to give us a score prediction? Um, I think it's going to be tough to predict a win. I think it's maybe more likely to be a draw. Oh, well, there's so a gonna... surprise. <laughs> Oh, you, heart and head, so bit yeah, me, me heart says maybe we could get a win, but heads heads win back to a draw. So I'm gonna say a one one draw. Go with my head. Yeah, I think I quite like that. I quite like a one one draw. I feel like we're gonna go ahead, because we tend to always go ahead first against Liverpool, and I feel like it might just be a bit too much for us and they might just just score an equaliser towards the end. I feel like that's what that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah, I'm going to say 1-1. And I'm going to say uh, Matty Vidra goal. Who do you think is going to score? Chris Wood. Oh, see, look at that. Well, listeners, why don't you let us header. know? A header. Ooh, we're getting we're getting type of goal now as well. First half or second half? Uh, second. Ooh, this is exciting. I'm going to go... From Matt- a corner. I'm going to say Matty Vidra really early on, um, capitalising on a defensive mistake somewhere and... A really nice, like, one-on-one with a keeper and into the back of the net. That's what I'm going to say. Well, listeners, we want to hear from you ahead of the game. We want to know what you think the score will be. We want to know who you think is going to score the goals and how they're going to score them, please. You can get in touch with us by tweeting us at never, or you can email us at podcast at net. But however you get in touch, let us know what you think the game's going to be on Wednesday. And if, you, if you've been one of the lucky few who've got tickets... Drop us a line. Let us know. Share your excitement for the game. We want to hear from you on Wednesday. We want to see people's pre-match build-up. We want to see all those lovely little, um, you know, what's the word? What is it? They call pre-match. What's it called? Build. It's not build-up. Routines, I guess. Pre-match routines. Got a made a meal of that day. Pre-match routines. We want to hear all about them. So do get in touch. Um, have we got any injury news or any other team headaches ahead of that game on Wednesday, Dave? I suppose we don't really know yet, do we? We've It'll be in a couple of days. Uh, well, we do know a little bit more. When we did the previous preview show, we, we weren't aware of the situation with Phil Bardsley. He's out for the season. He's uh, taken the chance to have um, a hernia operation. That's been uh, done. So he's, I think, ruled out for the rest of the season. And as we know, um, Nick Pope was a doubt and he didn't play. Bearing that in mind, I think it might be unlikely he's going to be back for Wednesday. So it might be... Uh, uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell in uh, in goal again on Wednesday evening. Pharrell Williams, Dave, come on, get it right. Um, okay, well that's exciting enough. I think I think we'll still be able to put a relatively um, strong side out, and I, I just wouldn't be I just wouldn't be risking Pope now. We may as well just leave him out for the rest of the season because the worst thing we want to do is scupper his plans for the Euros if he ends up getting to, to go there. So I would um, I'd happily leave Pope out now. Um, There you go. Exciting. And we're going to be there, Dave. We're going to be there. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay. Second half of the previous show. And we are, of course, counting down now to the grand finale of the None and Never Fantasy Premier League. Dave, it's getting to the business end of the season. What is going on, please? Do we have a game week to report on and a guest progress? 
Uh, it's getting exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, there was quite a short window between the games that were played for last week, which was game week 35. Uh, they went through from the weekend and right up until Thursday when we did the recording for the last preview show for Leeds. We didn't have um, a table update, which is why we had um, Sean on as our, our guest for that one, our current leader. Um, but there was just a window between the um, games finishing on Thursday the FPL updating all their information on the Friday, and then the game starting again on Friday. So fortunately, I did take a snapshot of the table uh, at that point. I've got our top seven, um, and we've got the kings of game week 35 to go through as well. So if you'd like me to uh, go through those, we've got a magnificent seven, I'm going to call them. Uh, all our top seven managers were all non-movers. Oh. And they were in, in reverse order. Uh, we had uh, Charlie Bins in seventh place on 2,264 points. Uh, in sixth place, Joseph Golby, 2,279. Uh, another 20 point jump to Gary Proctor in fifth on 2,299. Uh, and then it starts getting tight. We've got um, Ursay in fourth place on 2,301. Uh, Chris Stanworth in third on 2,302. Um, Adam Dennett, who we've also had on as a, a guest this season, is in second place on 2,311, uh, but still out in front, uh, a lead of 25 points. Uh, Sean Danaher is still our current leader, 25 points ahead with, um, well, three game weeks, isn't it? Because we've got the uh, game week that's still in progress now, we've got the midweek games, and then we've got the uh, following Sunday's games. They're all obviously kicking off at the same time on the uh, on the last day of the season. Indeed. Um, I enjoyed having Sean on last week. I thought he did a really good job of his, yeah. um, of his piece. Yeah, it was really good to see him. Um, how's Team None and Ever doing? Uh, well, as it's so close between you and I, Natalie, for who's going to finish highest, I'm going to defer that update until the end of the season, just to build the suspense. Oh. Uh, but I can tell you uh, that I did close the gap slightly on Richard Steele, who's still out in front of our podcast's mini-league. Although, the one good thing about FPL is you can go on and see other people's teams. And I looked on there, and he still had um, Bruno Fernandes as his captain, um, and he wasn't playing this week, so that might have um, uh, affected his scores for this week. Yeah, so I'm hopeful up. of maybe trying to catch up again and maybe finishing top of our podcast. <gasps> you never know. I, well, unless I do. I mean, or, or, or you, yes, whichever. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about? <laughs> let's stop with this nonsense. What about Kings of Game Week 35? Then, please, 36, 35, 35. 35, yeah. If you'd have had all 11 players, uh, I'm going to read out now, you would have got 180 points, and it was in a 3-5-2 uh, formation. So we had uh, Jordan Pickford in goal. We had a back three of uh, Godfrey of Everton, uh, Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool, and uh, Luca Digne of uh, Everton as well, two Everton defenders and Everton goalkeeper. They obviously had a good week. Um, our, our midfield five was uh, Smith-Rowe of Arsenal, Greenwood and Fernandez of Manchester United, um, Eze of Crystal Palace and uh, Mark Albrighton of Leicester. And the front two were uh, Firmino and Benteke, Liverpool's Firmino and Crystal Palace uh, Benteke. So that was the 11, 180 points. But there were a lot of teams in there who had uh, two game weeks and quite a few. Manchester United had three, although there weren't too many Manchester United players who actually played all three of the games because they were sort of... Uh, also close together. So that kind of comes into the tactics as well. It's difficult to uh, make the most of the double and triple game weeks. 
Yeah, same. I have that problem all the time, Dave. Um, well, moving on then to the second of our second half of the season fixture. And that is, of course, our opposition three to watch, where, Dave, you pick um, three players from our opposition who are the players to look out for based on their fantasy Premier League points. So take it away. Uh, well, this is excluding the game played today. So this is up to the end of game week 35. Um, the highest scoring player for Liverpool, perhaps people won't be too surprised to hear that uh, Mo Salah's out in front. Uh, he's got 212 points. He's obviously joint top scorer in terms of goals with um, Harry Kane in the league. He's got 212 in the prem- in the FPL points. Uh, second place is Sadio Mane with 149. And then just behind him is Trent Alexander-Arnold, with 143 points. And with Liverpool's heavy match schedule, they've obviously got one less day to recover for Wednesday than uh, we've had. Uh, We'll have to wait and see if any or all of these players will face us on uh, Wednesday. Although, as you say, with all to play for, I'm suspecting that Liverpool are going to put out their, uh, their strongest team. Yeah, definitely. They've got to win on Wednesday if they've got any chance. Of, I mean, I think if they win the final two games, they probably will get that top four spot, spot won't they? But yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely a suggestion that we that they that you know that they are going to put out a full strength team and try and win that game. So we shall see. We shall see, Dave. Now, um, I think that's everything, isn't it, in terms of a roundup for the FPL? I don't think there's anything else, is there? Uh, yeah, that's all we've got. But obviously, we we do have the the games coming thick and fast. So by the time we do the Sheffield United preview, um, we probably won't have an update for the midweek games. We'll certainly have a, an update from the games that have been played this weekend. So by the time we do, well, we won't have another preview show after that. But I think what we'll plan to do is maybe have. Um, uh, a final show which combines the FPL, we'll give an update on that, maybe get our champion on. And then we've also got some plans for uh, uh, awards, haven't we, for the end of the season? We do. We've got an awards show at the end of the season, which is the uh, Known and Ever Alternative End of Season Awards show, which is always quite hilarious. I think plans are already in place for that. Um, we're also thinking about a, an actual quiz of the year, aren't we? Are we planning on doing something with an end of season quiz? If I remember right, uh, that was one of the possibilities over the summer. Yes, so we'll be uh, possibly looking at that if we can get some interest from perhaps some of our regular quizzes. Yeah, and definitely. Do a, a, a quiz. A champion of champions from our, um, you know, the the regular regular quiz answers this season. So you can get them all on and see who can we can get get to win. That would be very exciting. Um, see who really uses Google and who doesn't. Yeah, and I think I know what the answer to that will be. Statman Dave's quiz question. Excellent. Well, before we leave, before we leave our listeners, Dave, we have the small matter of a quiz question, which we're going to leave with our, our listeners with. Please, speaking of quizzes, um, so what have you decided to set our listeners this week? Okay. Well, this week's quiz question is: uh, Prior to the Premier League era, who was the last Burnley player to score a winning goal in a home league win over Liverpool? Oh, I bet that's going back a bit. Oh, I wouldn't even know where to start with that one, Dave. That's a that is a god. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm like half asleep. Then at the same time, I did that. So, um, you can tell we're recording the, the previous show later at night, aren't we? Um, Dave, I don't know where to start with that, but I imagine that that's um, that's going back a little bit. Um, tell our listeners, please, how they submit their answers, correct or otherwise. Uh, yeah, please do get in touch. You can uh, tweet us or preferably send a direct message on Twitter. That means that no one else sees your answer. That's at never on Twitter. Uh, you can email us podcast at net, 
or you can also reply to the post for this preview show, which go up on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube, and we'll be able to reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show, which we'll be doing for uh, Sheffield United. That's probably going to be coming out on Friday, I think. Yeah, I would have thought so. God, I can't believe how close we are. Um, any other business, any community news or anything else that we need to alert our listeners to, Dave? Um, I've got nothing else to add other than obviously we know the uh, final game of the season that's been fixed for some time in terms of the kickoff. That is a, a 4 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, the 23rd, away at Sheffield United. Um, and as we said earlier in the show, we would like to hear any memories people have got from uh, from that game, so we can feature them on our next preview show. But I think uh, no, nothing else to uh, to add from me. No, nothing else from me either. So I think that is all we've got time for. My thanks as ever go to everyone who's contributed to this week's preview show, to Jan for this week's match day memories, um, for the fixture flashback feature, to Henry Jackson from This Is Anfield um, for his opposition view to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there. But my final thanks as ever go to Statman Dave for just the phenomenal amount of work he does in putting the preview show together. It's all of his work, it's all of his genius, and we are very, very, very lucky to have him. Um, As Dave said, we will be back on next Friday night for the final preview show of the season. Um, And the rest of the team will be back probably, I think, Thursday, maybe Friday of this week to do an analysis show following um, that loss away, loss away, loss at home to Leeds on Saturday and see what happens in the Liverpool result as well. So we'll have some sort of analysis show as we build up to the end of the season and the summer vacation. Um, in the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourselves, take care of others. If anyone's feeling particularly lonely at this time of year, please do get in touch. The, no, the non never lines are always open. Uh, we can talk football, we can talk clarets, we can talk whatever you want really um, you can tweet us at known and ever or you can drop us an email at podcast at known and net, and we will always be there to um, respond to your queries and your general chit chat um, that's everything we've got time for I've been Natalie Bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and never podcast until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.